Welcome everybody to the newest edition of the CarCast, episode 95, which we are dubbing the Alexei Morozov Memorial, well not Memorial, not but, memorial but, uh, yeah. commemorative episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we wish him continued good health for many years to come, but yeah, he, he wore it for a, a number of years with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm Owen Newkirk, driving behind the wheel is our pilot tonight, Sean Shapiro, Less rainy now than it was yeah. when we drove down to the arena this afternoon, as the Stars win tonight in a shootout by a three to two win or score over the Avalanche. And a quick digression: we just felt we couldn't give it to Matt Duchesne. <laughs> He's a '95. He wears it a lot. Obviously, is pretty much his entire career, and he has a Stars sort of centric car cast. That's a tough one. Yeah, and, and as you kind of pointed out as you were going through it. Morozov wasn't the first, but he was the first person who was pretty... He was the second. Yeah, but he was the first person who was decent and kind of... Now, Michel Petit, who first wore it in 1996, I think with the Tampa Bay Lightning, was a good NHL player. Yeah, but he wasn't... I don't think of Michel Petit as wearing 95. No, and like, most of his career he was not... Yeah, so yes. if you mean good player wearing that number, wearing that then number. it's absolutely Morozov. Yes. All right, let's get to tonight's fun, because we have a lot of it, and it should be a good one. Mm-hmm. Stars... If you were to go into this game, and we thought so, talking about who was going to be good and who wasn't in the first and second periods, you would have said the Stars are going to struggle in the first because they haven't played in a week. Uh-huh. With the holiday break, they're going to look rusty. And the Avalanche, who played last night, are going to be really good early, and they're going to fade a little bit because they played last night, and they'll be fatigued over time. Yeah. It's the exact opposite of what happened in this game. Correct. As Tyler Sagan scored uh, 68 seconds in on... A really interesting play that felt first like John Klingberg got caught on a good open ice hit, but a, a heads-up play by Radulov to jump on the loose puck, go to the net, and then you thought, oh, he's trying to be too fancy, just shoot the darn thing, but ends up with a beautiful no-look backhand drop pass, and Sagan looked like he was going to have his stick tied up, but was able to shovel it into the open net. Yeah, Weird I, goal, right? Yeah, I actually don't think, I mean... I don't think it was a loose puck. It was. I, I think what that the was, I think, No, I think it was a pass from Klimberg to Regal. Oh, you think he? I, it, okay, yes. but still, it was yes. a, it was yes. a unpossessed puck. Yes. And Radulov jumped into it. Um, I think he read that Klingberg was trying to poke it to space where maybe that. So yes. I'll give Klingberg credit for that. Yes. But nonetheless, it was still a bit of a wonky play that turned out great. Yeah, and I thought it was a kind of great play by all three. I thought Klingberg really nice play to take the hit from take the hit and make the play from Zadorov. Mm-hmm. Great pass by Radulov, and obviously good work by Sagan to, to finish it there. So, Good um, early goal for the Stars, because yes. that was something that they were thinking maybe they wouldn't really be uh, executing at a high level early. Yeah. But boy, Sean, that first period, they were all over Colorado. They were, and they were... Uh, it's, it's a first period where they should have come out. They should have come out of that first period with more than a one nothing lead. Yes. Um, I did. They let up a bad goal. Um, they, they right at the end, too. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have let up a goal in that period. Like this is a, that's a period where you look at their body of work, and you would have said, you know what, they should have come out two nothing, two nothing, or maybe even three at nothing. At least late. Two. Yeah. Right. I agree. So, what do you think about that goal? I mean, it was a yo shot from a sharp angle. Bishop had the paddle down. Really didn't uh, bother him. He made the save comfortably. But then I, I don't know. Did he lose? sight of the puck because it seemed like he usually does much better in that situation or maybe he just felt like he had more time to find it and, and you know cover because comfort came in and it kicked right to him 
It was a really bad rebound control. It was really like that's really a bad, characteristic of that's a bad right? that was a bad goal. That's a goal that should never get to comfort. That's a goal where Bishop needs to hold that, and that puck never needs. Not only even if Bishop doesn't hold it, and there's a rebound, he can't let it get across like it does. Like I'm actually, right. I'm actually okay if because he make, has the post sealed on the near if, side. If you make the save and that rebound kicks back to the corner, say it kicked back to Joe hypothetically. Yeah. Joe still has nothing to shoot at. He has to try to yes, pass it through yes. the seam. And so, right. to me, that was that was just a bad goal. That was bad, bad play, bad uh, bad play awareness by Bishop, which is typically one of his strengths. And um, it shouldn't. It, that was that was one that hurt. Star should have been up. At, they, he's one nothing, but he's one nothing, but, but probably more. But that that was not a good goal to give up. So you go to the second period and. The Avs get a goal to take the lead for the first time in the game, and it was kind of a weird play, but it set up them out completely outplaying the Stars for much of the second period. Yeah, and that was another goal, too, where I wasn't happy with, um, with the goaltending on it, actually. Um, it was a... Now give... Um, not Nieto. Uh, Ian Cole. Ian Cole. Nieto had the assist on it. Ian Cole with the uh, yeah. the leap to ca- yeah. catch the puck and keep it in. You don't say that about him very often. No, Ian Cole with the like, leap. Great vertical yeah. leap. On the yes. ice. Yeah, Ian Cole with the leap. Um, he comes in, and uh, at first glance, I thought Bishop might have been screened. When I watched the replay, Bishop had a chest square to the puck the entire time and just didn't make the right save selection. Just, yes. It was, um, it was a... It was another kind of bad goal, which is it's kind of an odd night. And I wrote this; it was kind of an odd night, and uh, and I know and I know there's some people. It was kind of an odd night for Ben Bishop because it was a night where, in the end, and we're going to get through more things. That it, it was a night where, in the end, he helped the Stars get two points. But I also think he's largely responsible for Colorado getting one point. Right. It's 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 a Albeit weird. He was it, fabulous later on. He, no, he was. He was. He was. He was very good later on. But it's just kind of one of those weird nights where. If those two early goals, if he doesn't let up two goals in the first 13 shots like he did, both being and being bad goals, the Stars win this game in regulation. Right. And Well, the good news is that Dallas got back to the defensive hockey that made them so successful yes. at long stretches this year mm-hmm. and got away from the 15 goals they allowed against yes. the yes. four games last week, which was not Dallas Stars hockey. Correct. Um, so with that being said, the Stars got to a point where they had a chance to get back in the game. They, they, for, in spite of the fact they were outshot heavily in yeah. the second period, they kept it a one goal. Well, big, big, real quick in the second period before we get to the third, big moment, um, five on three for. Colorado. Oh, what a great play! Five on three for Colorado. That's a moment where that power play in particular that could that, that ends could, the game, right? That, they that, get that, to that three. Could, yeah, that could end the game. And Stars kill it. Not only do they kill it, Joe Pavelski does a really good job to draw a penalty at near the end of it. Um, and so the Stars then only have to kill a uh, four-on-three for about 20 seconds, yep. was it? And then they got a power play. That was, that was huge. Like, little plays like that were – there's quite a few little plays like that tonight, actually, where they Whoa, got – Oh, that's going to be tight. Yeah. No one's getting out of that lane, huh? They're coming. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, this is an interesting moment what as Sean it? tries to do his best at lane etiquette. I mean, <laughs> this guy never used a signal. Nobody did, and they got out of the lane. But nonetheless, uh, we, we soldier on here. Yeah, I'm sure the guy in the next lane over wasn't particularly thrilled with that. No, but, but. Um, okay, so they get a power play late in the second period. Yeah. Most of it carries over into the third, and they really needed to do something with that because you don't want to play chasing hockey all third. Yeah, yeah. And the Stars' second unit 
gets a goal because they shot the puck. It was Denis Gurionov ripped one. It went off of Ian Cole and went in. I don't know if the deflection necessarily mattered. It probably didn't help Brubauer's tracking of the puck. But the fact that Gurionov was in position and just cranked it right away really made a difference because they moved the puck quickly in that instance and uh, tied the game. And I don't know if you guys heard John Klingberg's post-game comment. No, I did not yet. But I asked John after the game what he thought of the power play and their progression and everything like that. And he pointed out that he thought there was still a lot that needs to be worked on. I agree. And he also pointed out that that was just, that was a face-up. That was a play they drew They drew up right before the face-off. Um, it was just a drawn set play off the face-off. And um, it worked. It's they, 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 they got they got Gurionov open for the, for the one-timer. And uh, he's got a shot. That's the other thing is... Uh, yes. He doesn't. We think more about Denis Gurionov as the, um, the the speed and the dashing and things like that. But he has he has a bit of that uh, that cannon. It's not. He sure does. He has a bit of that cannon that can be used like that if if the stars can get some consistency with it. Be a really nice development. Like it'd be such a weapon from that right mm-hmm. circle. Um, Sean, I don't yeah. know if you think this is the best save of his night, but I thought Ben Bishop. Maybe one of two most important saves was on Miko Ranton and late in the third period. It was an incredible recovery save to get over and deny on the right side. It was Bishop's left. And I was down in the lower bowl at that point right before, you know, we get to overtime. And I just thought that that was so timely to get to the extra session. Yeah, that was big. I mean, there's that one. And, and, and then the next one is and, the overtime and, and, and it's bigger because... That save in regulation is bigger because he doesn't get to make those saves afterwards without making that save. That's right. Right? So and the save afterwards, I mean, you could talk about the shootout. Good saves, actually really good, especially yeah. against Ranton in the shootout. But the one on McKinnon just moments into three on three yeah. as you go, okay, careful here. You know, the Stars sent out a defensive trio yeah. to try to nullify McKinnon in the opening shift of three on three, and he immediately blows through two of them and get, they get a two on one, and Bishop comes up with a game-saving save. Yeah, it's the only shot he faced in overtime. It's the only one. Is it, so here's the irony on this for me, and tell me, I'm curious what you think of this. We asked Rick Bonus after the game what he thought of it. Um, I really didn't like the approach in overtime. I did not like them. They went with what? Fox Como and Lindell. And, Lindell? and I didn't mind Lindell because Lindell's been out there for overtime before. I but, get the but, defensive structure, but which of those trio has the foot speed to keep up with Nate McKinnon in yeah, three on three? None of them. None. In the point, in the point Don't you think it should have been Miro and who? Here's the problem. Rope Hintz isn't known as being a particularly good defensive forward. But I have two main problems. Let me okay. here, here, here. Let me let the, And I, then Dennis Gurionov. I have, Neither I, of Hintz and Gurionov are, are thought of as uh, th- that side of their game is their strength. So I have two issues. Here's here's my two okay. big issues. My first one is definitely the speed we're talking about. But first of all, you're the home team. Put your best offensive player I in know. Guys, win the game. Win the game. Like, it's what the if, same thing as starting the game in the playoffs with your third or fourth. But what if? But this is even worse. This is even worse. What if McKinnon scores on there, and you had went through an overtime where Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, Alexander Radulov, Miro Heiskanen, none of them touched the ice. John Klingberg. Yeah. yeah I mean, yes, you're getting, right. But yeah. No, no you're so, absolutely right. So you're getting the Avalanche too much power in that situation, just because. Yeah, I'm with you. Scared. I agree. And, and then the other thing on on top of that is Colorado is not a good faceoff team. God, the stars absolutely abused them yes. in the circle. So tonight. why not? And Sagan is having a great night in the circle. Why not just send out Tyler Sagan, win the draw? He's good enough defensively. Yes. Possible. Although there were a couple moments in the third where I thought he didn't look good defensively, 
and got beat, and maybe that's why Rick Bonus felt that way. Maybe, but it, whatever. I agree with you, though. I, I, I disagree with the coaching decision. Wouldn't you also think that while McKinnon is super fast, maybe if you get the puck, you might be able to try to take advantage of the fact that they don't have their best defensive player on the ice? Exactly. No, I, I, I thought it was very um, – it was way too much. It was like punting on third too down. Too conservative? Yeah, it was like punting on third down. Okay, like, fair enough. Stars draw a power play because John Klingberg yes. really does a nice job keeping possession and draws it on McKinnon. I thought Klingberg was really good tonight, actually. They had a four-on-three yeah. power play because of that. Mm-hmm. And they just bombarded Grubauer. He was good. With chances. I thought the best he was was in overtime. Yeah. And this look, the Stars' power play created lots of opportunities. They had eight quality looks in overtime, six of them on the power play. Dickinson and then Sagan bookended that two-minute Oh, even straight, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So they had eight total to one, which was that McKinnon one. Here's my only problem with it. Even though they had six quality chances on that power play, I still don't think they moved the puck quickly enough. No, I thought there were times where players were holding it. The whole let's change places baffles me. If you, and then not to, like so for example Haskinen was at the point and Radulov was at the right circle and they would with control switch spots mm-hmm. all while the penalty kill's just standing there not getting more tired and you didn't immediately do that to then set up the guy that switched places and hit a one timer what are you doing well, and, and that's the, the part that's really frustrating they need to ping the puck more not this catch dust off and release stuff well in the way right yeah in the way they're playing with the player movement on the power play too it's interesting because. It's one of those things where it's almost an approach designed to catch a team playing in a man defense, and teams don't play man never. defense. Never. And teams never play man defense Especially on the penalty kill. Especially four on three. Yeah, it's always a, they're always in a zone. So. Right, they're almost looking like they're looking for a, a like a, a basketball uh, yeah. pick and roll kind exactly. of thing. Exactly, and it's just, that's not going to happen. It doesn't, so it's a basketball analogy. If you play against a zone defense and you dribble around the perimeter, mm-hmm. you don't make the zone work. The no. only way you move is by moving the ball quickly yeah. and getting them to stop and start trying to get somebody to yeah. be out of position. Yeah. Same thing on the power play, especially when you have a four on three or five on three with all that extra space. Um, that's frustrating to watch that. But what I did like on the power play tonight is that we saw more one timers being used. Mm-hmm. Get like Tyler Sagan, had nine quality chances in the game. He had four power play looks in that overtime. And we hadn't seen that in, since. Yeah. I mean, basically the first two months of the year, that wasn't utilized at all. So I think that's right. really good. Yeah, no, I agree. So there's that. So they, they don't score in overtime. You go to the shootout. Stupid way to end a game, but it's kind of fun if they win. It's awful when they lose. And tonight, the selections were spot on. Pavelski scores immediately. Radulov scores on the third one. And Bishop made two very good saves. How about the one on Radulov or on Renton, excuse me, with that stretching right leg? Yeah, no, Bishop really good in, uh, in the shootout, both saves. Um, two very uh, different approaches, obviously. McKinnon comes in as, as like he shot out of a gun. Have you seen anybody take a shootout move faster? I mean, that's I think that's the fastest I've ever seen anybody skate in. And how hard is that for a goalie at that speed? It's pretty hard to match the speed there. Like it's the other thing is it's it's. it's I like a, that yeah. idea, don't you? I, I do like that idea, but you also have to be skilled enough to be able to pull that move off. Not many and people I, can do that well. Like he, yes, at, at that speed. Maybe McDavid. Yeah. A couple other guys, but, but I really noticed. I'm glad you brought that up because like when he raced yeah. in, I looked at Bruce and said, "Man, that's a lot of speed on that chance." Yeah, but like for by and this is not to pick on another player, but like Andrew Cogliano was a very fast player. If it ever got to the point where Andrew Cogliano was 
we're going deep into the shootout and Andrew Cogliano is coming with speed. He doesn't have the speed skill. Right. One of the reasons why I talk about McDavid being so fast is not just is he an incredibly fast skater, it's what he can do with possession of the puck at that speed. McKinnon's the same thing. Exactly. Um, So McKinnon came in incredibly fast. Rantanen comes in swooping slower, trying to wait him out. Um, Two very different approaches that are Bishop handled both well. Um, Clearly the book um, on Grubauer was shoot blocker. Which is interesting because remember the last time the Stars faced him, uh, was it in... Colorado, the first time, because he's played three this year, yeah. was five-hole. Yes. And so now they've tried something different, maybe because it's sort of that cat and mouse of he thinks that they're going to five-hole, so we're going to go blocker. They did three of them. Yeah. It was interesting to see after learn after the game. So tonight was – and we're learning we're, – we're, it's a really weird situation that we're all kind of – we're all learning about a new coach on the fly midseason on a good team, which is very weird. Because usually you have training camp. You have preseason and the early games of the first month to start to get an idea of how things are going to go. Yes. So we used And they have it too, by the way. They didn't have that. Yes. And so we went from, just interesting shootout now, we went from Jim Montgomery, who said um, it's always going to be Sagan, Radulov, and then the hot hand. Right. Rick Bonus tonight after the game said he's always going to go Joe Pavelski first. Yep. Tyler Sagan second. And then a hot hand. Yep. And... Just interesting kind of... Right, those are some of the subtle differences. Again, it's a similar philosophy, but a slightly different personnel choice. And he also said, just as of note, if it went to a fourth round, Dennis Gurriana would have shot. I don't mind that. I don't mind that either. Um, So... You want to get to the... Yeah, let's do it. Okay, before we get to the questions, I have a question that I fielded on our post-game show tonight. Okay. What's up with Rope Heads? He doesn't seem like the same player mm-hmm. as he did pre-injury. And I looked it up because of the uh, caller asked and said, you know, hey, you only played ten and a half minutes tonight. Well, of course, he doesn't kill penalties, yeah. so that does hurt his minutes a little bit. But Rope Hint scored nine goals in his first 15 games of the season. Played one more game, didn't score, but had an assist, which is rare for him. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt. Yes. And he missed a slew of games in November, and then since he's come back, he's scored three times in 15 games. That's a significant yeah. dro- drop in output, and he doesn't seem quite the same. Also, Yuri Lettinen was on our post game show tonight, which was really fun. Yeah, and even he made a comment about, you know, maybe Rope's a little dealing with something right yeah. now that he's not quite the same. What do you think? I think there is. I still think there is lingering effect to that injury. Um, it's the type of thing that hockey players don't admit that. Very rarely do they, and they typically they do after the fact. Um, like, think about a uh, perfect example is Matt Zuccarello last year when he was – and throughout the playoffs he said, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine. Then we learned, and then he said, I can't feel my arm. And then after, yeah, after the playoffs, then talked about how he can't feel his arm. So, and Rope Hint said he couldn't feel his foot in exactly. that last game so, in St. Louis. So there's definitely something lingering there. Um, I also think there's kind of – a burden of expectation that Rope is dealing with now too. You come out of, he didn't come out of nowhere because he obviously he had the, the playoff output and everything like that. But you go and score nine goals in 15 games, and then you get hurt. You come back, and all of a sudden there is a um, burden of expectation both internally and externally of sure you're our goal scorer. Yeah, well he was yeah. he was the only one consistently putting the puck in the net. And, 
amongst some really high-end talent yeah. that wasn't getting it done early in the year. And so I think there's something there. I mean, I think I think there's there might be something to that as well of just the mental kind of of be, that, trying to play with those higher expectations. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. I think there might be something there to that. Um, I also think there is a slight natural regression. Expecting nine goals every 15 games probably isn't fair, but to go from nine to three is not is is below is much much more of a drastic drop than you would have expected. So let's get to some of the yeah. other questions. Patrick writes in nine hours ago because hours he was ago. responding to I believe your tweet about the pictures of Anton Hudobin's mask. Ah yes. Says Moog was my favorite player and a big reason why I got into st- hockey and the stars. Would love to know why he selected Moog and the Eagle for his mask. Did you get a chance to ask Hudobin yet? Yeah, um, with him and I were, we were talking. He was going over the mask with me. Um, Anton with his mask, he wanted. Uh, it wasn't a slight to anyone. I know a lot of people had asked me why not Turco. That's right. something that brought up. Um, and uh, Anton, when he said, "Well, he brought up," says, "I wanted to kind of honor two of the old time hockey guys from right. the franchise." And Andy Moog was the first Dallas Stars goalie. That's right. And 1993. And Ed Belfour is obviously the goalie that won the cup, and so he wanted to. Uh, two very good choices. Yes. Um, two of the. Uh, I have I have no problem I have no problem with the. Yeah. The, yeah. It's, it was just and there's only room for so much. Um, a couple other notes on that mask just while we got it. Please. Um, he has the obviously. I, I really like the the chin touch where taking Dobby and putting that into the, the logo. That yeah. was really cool with the D um, from the Stars Winter yeah. Classic logo. Yeah, it's really. Um, this is something that doesn't come off in pictures, but Anton was showing me. It's got a really cool matte finish to it. Um, but like, and if you feel the mask, it's got a cool matte finish, and it's almost raised a little bit with some of the little details. Just of there's a, some snow put onto it. There's oh, neat. Uh, the uh, there's some of there's some like in, in cracks that he had intentionally put on there for the like to like kind of replicate the cotton bowl and then uh, and then like on, a distressed yeah, look yeah and then on the back he's got the initial for uh, the first initial for both his parents on the back plate there very cool um, just kind of a cool thing and Anton was kind of telling me so he he works with an artist uh, drawn a blank on her last name but Sylvia uh, in, in in Montreal who essentially he kind of gives they kind of he kind of gives concept ideas and then lets her kind of run with it. And then goes from there. Yeah. Like, for example, his main mask that has uh, that has uh, Dobby the Elf with the sock, that was something that was completely her idea. Where? Because he's not a Harry Potter fan No, at all. he's not. No. And he says, I probably will. Remember when we first interviewed him? Yeah. When he first got to Dallas? Yeah. And so, you know, it's a big thing. He goes, I'll probably never watch that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he, he, he's a big, he's big into all the little details she does. And one thing he said, he, he's always big on, um, as long as he plays, he'll probably always get Dobby on the chip. For him, that was important. I like so, that. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a neat touch. Yeah. Um, Gallup Gus, finally good to get back in the win column, even if it took a shootout. My car crash question, did y'all get Disney Plus? If so, what is your favorite thing to stream on there? I'm personally on a Winnie the Pooh kick. Ah. The answer is yes to both. We both have the, uh, when I say yes to both, both Sean and I yes. have Disney Plus. Um, and the only thing, I mean, I, we've streamed a couple of Disney-related things, but the thing that's big for me so far has been the Mandalorian. Yeah. It's great, really fun. Enjoyed it. Just finished it yesterday, and I can't wait for season two in the fall. Yeah, that's that's. Gotta wait I, a while. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've for 
the usage for myself that's got what's gotten the most usage though is the movie Frozen. Um, um, if you turn it to if yes, if anyone else has a, a small child who likes to sing that song like my daughter does, um, the 31 minute mark is when that song starts. I'm glad, glad that you know that. So it, it's the signs of a strong dad who's aware of what his child wants. So yeah, so we turn so turn on Frozen to the 31 minute mark, and then the song starts. See, what I want to know that. is, and maybe never be Instagrammed ever, is the moment where Sean sings along with his daughter to the let it go because I am almost 100% confident that that has happened oh, but happened. probably not been recorded I'm sure it's been recorded oh you think it has I'm sure it has will it be ever see the light of day I don't even know what I mean I don't know who has the recording of it Christina probably does but, but you don't necessarily want to share that with the public <laughs> uh, I don't mind I don't mind people knowing that I that I enjoy spending time with my daughter so I mean that's <laughs> you, you as a parent you follow along with your kids' interests. Yes. Right? All right. Patrick keeps blowing us up, so we'll let's. you can pick if you want to answer these questions, preferably not after you run over somebody in the street. I know. Uh, you know, some, one of the fun things on a digression of the earlier start is that we're not doing – if it's 11 o'clock right now, usually it's like 1230. We're both exhausted. Yeah. We don't want to keep doing this, and there's nobody on the streets. Mm -hmm. So this is a little interesting that a Saturday night at 11, people are out and about. Yeah. Uh, but Patrick writes in a two-parter and then adds a bonus question. Two-parter, then a bonus. I well, a three-parter. Well, he tw a second tweet. <laughs> oh, okay. But remember, Patrick yeah. also asked about the Moog helmet already, okay, so yeah. we're up to four. Yeah. Any idea if Mike McDonald will be at the Winter Classic? Why did they decide not to organize an alumni game this year? Curious if this is a rarity or happens more than I realized. Thanks, as always. Watch out for speeders. And then bonus question. In a hypothetical alumni game, what would the Stars roster look like? All right, so I'll kind of hit it all. Quick hits. Quick hits. I don't know if Mike Madonna is going to be at the game. I think it's something that may have been in the works, but the fact that Yuri Lettinen was there today and he's in town for it, um, it's a good sign that he might be there. I don't know for sure. Um, Troy Aikman's dropping the puck. Troy Aikman's dropping the puck. Along um, with Ricky Williams? Yeah. Right, a little Texas OU flavor for the Cotton yes. Bowl? I also don't – I wouldn't be – I also don't know how Mike's role with the Minnesota Wild impacts those things. I think that changes things a little bit, and, um, which is weird for a Hockey Hall of Famer, all-time great for your franchise. Yeah. But but he also may be there because I. it all sounds like the Minnesota Wild may be getting the game next year. So maybe he's there. You think? Is to learn or scout it? Or no, just as far as... Well, yeah, because there's like, no way the stars are the opponent next year, right? No, but they're like I mean, uh, legitimately, I'm not saying that to be a joke. No, like, I can't see them getting it two years in a row. But stars wild because of the franchise story would be great. Yeah, but like all of the stars, like the stars, stars top brass people, they went to the Winter Classic last year. Yes, and so to observe and learn about. And so if if things. if certain reports are true that the Minnesota is getting the game, then Mike Madonna might be at the game anyway. For those reasons, yes, right. Um, as far as the alumni game goes, um. It's been done less and less in the past couple of years. It's something that I think the last time they did a real big one was the Detroit-Toronto game. Okay. I um, know it wasn't Philly-Boston a big one. I think so. That was a while but, ago. Remember, wasn't that 2010, yeah. Fenway Park? That was 2010, yeah. It's something that's that been a long time it's, ago. It's something that's been done. 2014 was Toronto-Detroit because they did okay. the game at the Big House and then they did the second ice at Comerica. Yeah. Um, so there, it's become less and less. And also I think part of it has become, too, is – Outdoor games have become 
they've become more common, right? Yes. And so, well, I mean, it's every year. So it's yeah. the the novelty for the non-market teams, meaning that the casual fan, the ho- or even the serious hockey fan yep. that is not involved. Like for example, fans outside of Dallas and Nashville yep. will not necessarily be as clued into this game as the two cities involved, and that's fine. It's just the way it is. Like for example, last year, Chicago, Boston at Notre yep. Dame Stadium, cool. But how many people went, eh, because it wasn't their teams? And the other thing about it, too, that just kind of comes down to a business standpoint of it, you don't want to self-cannibalize. And it's the same reason there's not an AHL game being played there. It'd be cool if they did it afterwards. They they would. It would be. But they also, they don't want to, if you're a family, just just like hypothetical situation. Can't make it or you you, don't want to pay for it. You've got a family of four Mm -hmm. and... Oh, you find out, oh, I can take my family to an alumni game or an AHL game where tickets are $30 to go. I'm not going to go buy those Winter Classic tickets. Right. Like, it's just a business thing, too. Where It's, it's like it's, the it's, example it's, of it's, saying, hey, I'm not going to go watch the Texas Rangers play when I can go to the Frisco Rough Riders at a third of the cost yeah. and still watch baseball in the summer. Yes. Not necessarily the same skill level, yeah, but yeah, yeah. fun. All right, let's move on. Uh, Patrick, we're not going to get to the hypothetical alumni game roster. It's, that's a loaded. That's a long well, we just have too yeah. many other things to hit. George wants to know, should we be expecting Calder votes for Gurionov this year? And then a second question, even though Bishop was outstanding in the shootout, it seemed he overcommitted several times during the game. Is he pushing off too hard sometimes to get across, or are my eyes wrong? We already talked a little bit about yeah. Bishop. How about Gurionov-Calder? I mean, good, but look, Kale McCarr was in the game today. Sean, he very well could be the Calder winner. It's kind of down to him and uh, the kid from Buffalo. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, it's I, I'd have a – could Gurionov get Calder votes? I could see him ending up on a if, – if he finishes with, say, 20 goals, right? He Just, may. He had I, his nine now. I could see him getting a couple fifth-place or fourth-place votes maybe for some people, but – it's not like he's a can't chance to win. Like a front runner, a yeah, contender. He has no chance of winning. Uh, we have Hula's a taxi. I'm sure, I butchered that one. Do you think Groobs is excited? Is celebrating his majestic victory over Evil Groobs? His music was on fire tonight. Of course, referring to Philip Grubauer, ah, the yes. goalie for. The Avalanche. I actually want to go to a different angle of this question. Okay. Because a couple of years ago at the expansion draft, I wanted the Stars to go out and make a deal for Philip Grubauer. Because remember, the Capitals were going to protect Holtby, as yes. they did. Yeah. And what would have happened if you had Grubauer and Grubes on the same franchise, or with the same franchise? Would that have been can, – can two Grubes coexist? Well, I think it would have been okay. It would have been like two. Uh... I mean, we would have had groups on groups. Well, well, right. Well, what would have happened is it would have been what happened with uh, Essa Lindell was known as Lindy, and then when with, with Texas was he? He's known as Lindy, and he got called up. I like Lindy. And what do they call him now? Just Essa. Essa. But it's okay. Lindy's but, funnier. But Lindy Ruff was the coach. You can't there, be there, Lindy. There, there, couldn't be, there, there couldn't be two Lindys. Well, it's what did they? Say the Dallas Stars are not that that you know, hockey players aren't that creative. We had two Mo's on the same team, yeah. Moro and Madano. Yeah. So I think I think of I think uh, I don't think the players would have uh, I don't think it would have changed what anyone. But they're it's not two players, so I don't think it would have led to one losing a nickname. 
Yeah, I think it could have had groups on groups fun. All right. Ardell writes, three-on-three OT is instant magic, must-see sport. Do the players oppose a 10-minute overtime? Do we ever ever see the death of the shootout? Will Dallas continue its annual – this is a three-parter. Okay. Actually, four. Will Dallas continue its annual New Year's Eve game next year? How did the New Year's Eve tradition come to be? I would presume that we'd see a New Year's Eve game next year. I would presume that. I don't remember when it's what the tradition started, but they've been doing it for a while now. I just kind of started as a. I mean, I, they I, probably did it one year. Said that worked. Let's do it again. Uh, yeah. When I first came to Dallas, Sean, the Dallas New Year's Eve fireworks and celebration was in Victory Plaza, mm-hmm. and they, you know, first couple of years, go to the Stars game, hang around outside where there'll be thousands of people crammed in the plaza yeah. before the big ball drop ceremony. And then a couple years into, that was his year six, so maybe year three, they stopped doing it because nobody wanted to pay for it. Yeah, but it's, um, I'm trying to, I, I do know the answer to this, and I just can't remember it right now. Because, that's okay, we got to move yeah, on. But I, I do. It's, what about three on three overtime? Ten minutes? I'd love to see it. I'd love to see ten minutes. Um, I don't think you'll ever see the shootout disappear entirely, yeah, but yeah. ten minutes would probably ensure that you'd even see smaller shootout yes. numbers. Yes, yes. Boy, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Last night's overtime between the Texas Stars and the San Antonio Rampage was magnificent chaos. Less, oh, yeah. less technically sound than what we saw tonight, but still a lot of fun. A lot of fun three on three last night, actually. It was. Uh, okay, that's now our, to our call of questions. Oh, wow. Melissa writes in, will players who are scratched on Wednesday still get to take part in warm-ups with the team as part of the Winter Classic? It's a very good question. I believe so. It's uh, It'd be really neat for them to do that. And they probably will. It's just one of those things where it's, that's the type of event where they'll do that. Um, well, you need to get a picture outside in your gear, right? Yeah. And they will get a practice on Tuesday, mm-hmm. right? Stars will practice at 2, uh, yeah. Preds at 4. Yes. Will they have family skates following? Immediate full. So right. stars, so, stars, stars skate from two to three. Family then, from three to four. Right. And then and Nashville then does the same thing. Four to five, five to six. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, I, I, I would assume just if we go off current trends, it's say Taylor Fadoon and Justin Dowling. I would imagine they will also take Warbos. Court writes in. Do my Carcast guys know any anti-rain dances, incantations? Failing that, very large umbrellas. And then unrelated, what are your go-to build-your-own burger selections? <laughs> Very uh, polar opposite questions. I don't want to jinx anything, Sean, but the forecast is trending in a good direction right now. I have a good note on this, actually. Okay. A very good note on this. So I got a message tonight from uh, you guys may – I don't know if any people, how many people remember him by name, but uh, Dave Fryant. Dave is the man who sat outside in the playoffs oh, last year. Oh, our umbrella man yes. in the rain. And so Dave sent me I'm an instant cult hit hero. And so Dave sent me a message today at six o'clock saying, um, "Hey, my unique and recently developed forecasting ability sees no rain for one one twenty. Is that the uh, the old this knee doesn't swell up unless the barometric pressure is a certain? I don't know if anyone knows anything about umbrellas and rain in the stars. It's Dave. So okay, well Dave says no rain, so it's like the groundhog yeah. coming out and not seeing his shadow. Yep. AJ writes in Winter Classic gonna be oh uh, sorry build your own burger. Do you want to go into that now? Uh, I'll real real quick. Uh, okay. I am a big fan of I like the crunch on the burger. I actually like to put potato chips on the burger. Okay. I like. Um, I, it's not something I normally do. Mm-hmm. I like lots of different burgers. Yes. I like the classic cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. I like the the cowboy the barbecue with the onion straws. Yeah. I don't mind that. I also like the mushroom Swiss burger. Mm-hmm. I'm open to a lot of different options. Yeah. So I'm. I don't know what's my go-to. I mean, 
most of the time at home when I'm making burgers on the grill, it's uh, burger, uh, melted cheese, and then I uh, saute onions and butter. So yeah. we do the grilled onions, Ooh. and then I do the normal condiments. You know, I like uh, I like all three: ketchup, mustard, and pickle relish, along with the onions and cheese. And I like to do both the ketchup and the mustard and the cheese. Um, I'm a big fan of doing, the, as I said, the chips. I like it gives a nice crunch. Um, I also like to toast the bun. I do the toasted bun on the grill. The bun. I like um, the I like fries more than I like adding the chips, but then I don't put fries in the burger. I eat them on the side. Yeah. So, um, kind of want a burger right now. Yeah. Um, next question. AJ writes in Winter Classic. Lots going on. Will y'all be able to participate in some of the festivities, or will it be all work and no play? My entire job is play. I think. So my <laughs> my answer is short. Sean has more to talk about. I will probably not get a chance to, I mean, I have a blast doing what I do, but I won't be able to ride the midway rides unless it's after our post-game show is over because we have a pre-game last resort pre-pre-show from 11 to 12.30, and then we have the Stars pre-game show at 12.30, game starts at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Then we have a post-game show right afterwards. So kind of won't, for me, happen until... After the post-game show. By the way, most likely no car cast for the Winter Classic. Yeah, probably just a lot of family element there. Yeah, my family's going, so we're going to go together. They're going to play around in the Midway. They will probably have lots of fun. Now, Sean, you plan to partake on this. For everyone listening, too, the Midway, um, I've double-checked if it's 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., but the Midway will be open until 8 p.m. after the game. Oh, afterwards. So maybe I'll get a bumper cars ride. But but just as far as it's some Texas Skyrider or whatever. If you're giving, just as a general general tip for some people, game ends... And you don't want to fight 80,000 other people in traffic. Hang around for a while. You can go hang out a little bit at the fair a little bit more. Um, well, like come say hi to the post-game show first. Yeah. Or where, where, where will you guys be going? We're going to be on the Stars stage, which will be just outside the stadium itself as part of the Fan Fest. Okay. So look for us. Uh, you're going to be – are you want to tell people what you're doing? Yeah. Or do I, you want to keep a secret? Um, or if I'm trying, a secret, I'm trying, but – I'm a couple things. Down um, low. I, am, I don't want to steal your thunder. No, it's yeah. I'm probably going to try and partake in the uh, Texas uh, tradition of tailgating before something at the Cotton Bowl, and so anyone and uh, anyone out there that is looking for uh, to to share a beer or a burger at a tailgate, I am definitely invite interested. Sean. Yes, I'm tweet def- at him. I'm definitely open to uh, having a burger or beer at your tailgate. So Sean is going to what we doesn't do normally. Right, perhaps slightly under the influence. No, I don't do that. But I mean, you, you it's, normally it's, don't. Oh, yeah. But no. for the Winter Classic, it's possible <laughs> that could be in your system. If you're tailgating, it's not going to disappear yes. in an hour no, that's or true. two hours. We'll still be professional. Um, Stars Potter writes in, since the NHL is making the Winter Classic a very country-western setting, should we expect someone at some point to be skating in a cowboy hat? I could see Hudobin doing it. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it happens. I wouldn't. Well, uh, for warm up and well, goalies can't. Yeah. Maybe he wears a cowboy hat on the bench. I think we're gonna see beanie, uh, like the toque. Yeah. Winter hats. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the coaches. They're not gonna be skating, but I'm sure the co- some of the coaches may have the hats. I know one thing, for example. I'm interested to see what the Predators do because if you remember, either last year or the year prior. Um, um, Coach for Nashville, uh, Peter Laviolette. Peter Laviolette. Remember, they wore the holiday suits yes. during the game. Right. Well, they actually the, had a they, bet, they, they, but but they still with his players. But there was still a 
there's still a element of fun with that staff. Yes. Where they're willing to do something like well, that. Well, he wore that bull mask or whatever, remember, yeah. for a post-game presser? Yeah. Or was it a morning skate presser or something? I can't remember which. But they are willing to have some fun within the locker room that then bleeds out into the media, exactly. which is fun. Yeah. Uh, Newcor. Seeing the Stars' green winter classic helmets in practice recently, do you think the Stars could switch to green helmets for their regular jerseys like when the Preds switched to yellow helmets? I'd have to see what it would look like with the uh, with the with the current jersey. What do they wear now? Oh, it's the black. It's the black. Black with, at home, white on the road. Black with the green and white on the road. Right, that's right. Okay, I was just to think about it for a second. Bones said he would uh, be more hands-on with the offense when he took over. Now it looks like the defense is disorganized and our offense is suffering. Any thought to reverting back and having Stevens take over the offense? So we actually have some good insight on this. This uh, was an interesting part of this morning and even tonight. And yeah, so essentially Rick Bonus is still running the forwards on the bench. He is still the one that's in charge of the forwards on the bench. John Stevens is still the one that is running the defensive changes. Right. However, Rick Bonus has gone and started two days ago. Yeah, yesterday, when I started practicing yesterday. Um they decided we're going to start doing some things more like we did before the change. Things were that were working. He's having more, being more hands-on with the penalty kill. He's running the penalty kill now more so. He's uh, John Stevens is running the pre-scout more, which is what he used to run. Right. And, and the, and Under the, Mo- Montgomery. And the big thing about all of this, it's not the behind-the-scenes who's running the penalty kill. It's not like Rick Bonus wasn't handling the penalty kill. He part. was still involved yeah. high, heavily. The bigger thing is the communication delivery. As from far, the coaches to the players. As far as the players went from 33 games of Rick Bonus in the penalty kill meeting saying this is what we do, to all of a sudden John Stevens is delivering how this is what we do on the penalty kill. Yes. And same thing with the pre-scout, where it went from... just It just changes everything. Different voice, different delivery. Yeah. And I think it was really smart of them to be able to turn around and go back and say, you know what, let's go back to what we're all comfortable with and adjusts, and I think that was really important. Yep. Marry Me Fox, did you shriek in horror as I did when I saw who Bonus chose to send out to start overtime against, all caps, Nathan McKinnon? <laughs> we already talked about this, yeah. but yes, Sean didn't like that. I thought it was a little suspect, not because they aren't good defensive players, but let's go for it. Be aggressive, right? I yeah. mean, the Stars... Erase some eyebrows. Bone says, you know, our team is, is going to score offense from being good defensively and then, you know, countering off that. Mm-hmm. But let's put out your best guys and say, here, you know, throw down the gauntlet what he got. Yeah. All right, that is it for the ones that use the hashtag CarCast. I did see a couple questions that did not, and, Sean, we just, like with parenting, you can't reward bad behavior yes. when kids don't follow the rules. So, folks, if you're listening, we didn't answer your, or bring up your question. Remember, you got to use the hashtag. Yeah. Episode 96, which will not be the Miko Rantanen uh, episode, or might be. Could be. We'll see how many 96s are out yeah. there. But that'll be in the new year because like it'll be the Detroit Red Wings, maybe? Should question be. mark? Should be, yeah. On Sad Friday against the uh, Red Wings, yeah. So two games between then. You have Coyotes tomorrow, the Winter Classic. So unless you have anything else to add, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to everyone. And... Um... We uh, enjoy, uh, hope everyone had a happy 2019 and a better 2020.